Living abundantly is not just about having money. It's also about having time and energy and opportunity and the people around you to really enjoy the life you desire. And the life you desire is created with just that, what you desire, not what everyone else is telling you. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to life and money strategist, Wendy Verway, all about how you can simplify your life to call in more abundance. Are you ready to take courageous steps to create a life and business you love? Welcome to the Courage Cast. I'm Andrea Crisp, an empowerment coach, author, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. For years, I was afraid to allow myself to shine. That was until I discovered that I could step into my own power, shift my mindset, and take ownership of my destiny. Now I coach people across the globe who are ready to own their life and make a massive impact. With a blend of practical and spiritual advice, my desire is that the Courage Cast empowers you to take brave steps in your own life and business. Hey, Wendy, thank you for being on the Courage Cast today. I am so excited to talk to you. We're going to talk about life, money, all the things to really help you create a life you love. Yes, all the things. Thanks for having <laughs> me. It's always a fun day when I get to chat with you. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I'm excited because so often we are just kind of people are trying to get, you know, like keep up. And I found myself there, not gonna lie, just kind of keeping up and making do and what happens when you can actually be proactive and you can create something you really, really love and you can work towards it. So I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell people about yourself and what you're passionate about. Absolutely. So I am Wendy Verway and I'm based out of Red Deer, Alberta, and I'm a life and money strategist. So I spent the better part of 20 years in the corporate world as a corporate strategist helping teams figure out what is their big goal and working the baby steps backwards to actually achieve them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so what I actually did was I applied a lot of those same principles to my own life, you know, not just in the business realm, but in the personal space. And about five years ago, I had what I call my country song year where, yeah. you know, everything sort of fall, fell apart. And unfortunately, most people have this and maybe not to the same degree, but um, you know, they have that kind of aha moment. And for me, it was my husband left and then my dad died and then my father-in-law died and then my dog died. Like it was truly a country song. And all of this happened yeah. in about the span of 10 months. And I was suddenly a single mom, overwhelmed, burnt out at work and just thinking there has to be a better way to live. <laughs> and I'm determined to find it. So I went through this whole sort of metamorphosis and did a full-on Marie Kondo of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Simplified everything so that I could live a life of intention and one that I actually enjoyed. And I was able to retire from that corporate job in just a couple of years after kind of putting some some focus on taking care of my money and yeah. you know taking care of what I actually wanted my life to feel like. And 
after a couple of years of retirement, I got a little bit bored (laughs) and had lots of friends asking, you know, how did you do that? And so I figured, well, let's come out of retirement a little bit. And uh, now I, now I teach other people, I consult and um, teach other people how to earn, spend and invest their money in ways that align with what they actually want out of their lives versus having to keep up with the Joneses and having to do all of the things. Mm. it's, it's a great place to be. (laughs) Now I have to ask you, like you talked about simplifying. I'm all about simplifying things. Um, I love to simplify different things in my life, sometimes almost to my detriment. (laughs) I think (laughs) I'm like, do I need that? No, get rid of it. Um, but then sometimes I'm not really being super strategic around it. Mm. So how do you do that when you're thinking about like really what stays and what goes in your life. Oh, that's great. So I've done the same thing. Like I have simplified mm-hmm. a lot of things and I really, you know, I'm kind of a minimalist in that way, or I like to, I like to think of myself as a minimalist, you know, eventually yeah. all the stuff kind of comes back <laughs> in a lot of ways. But again, it's really having a strategy around some of these things, right? Like I, when I retired from my corporate job, I suddenly had all of this time. And so I really focused on my health as, mm-hmm. you know, one of those big pillars that's important in my life. There's no point in being retired early if you feel like you're 90. So, yeah. <laughs> so I really took care of my health, right? And a byproduct of that was I lost a bunch of weight. And so going through my clothes and trying to figure out, okay, well, what stays and what goes? And I mean, life is short and I try and live in the moment and be present and all that kind of stuff. So I would go through these stages where I try on everything that I owned and just get that feeling that, you know, that Marie Kondo feeling of does this spark joy? And I would think, okay, this sweater has a zipper that's broken. It's been broken for six months. I'm not actually going to fix it. (laughs) Let's be real. (laughs) It's time to let it go. You know, thank it for its service and let it be on its way. Move on. (laughs) And being able to do things like that, like intentionally say thank you, you know, have gratitude for the the time that this object um, or even this person or this workplace was in your life because it did bring some value to your life for a period of time and then let it go. And then that also opens you up to abundance, right? You're not coming from a lack mentality where you're thinking, okay, if I get rid of this now, what if I need it? Well, what if you need it? Then you buy another one. Or, you know, yeah. will come into your life in some other way. You know, I think about it a lot. I'm I'm a big traveler. I travel mm-hmm. a lot in my life. And people always laugh at me because I'm determined to only bring a carry-on size suitcase everywhere I go. I've traveled through Europe for three weeks at a time with just a carry-on suitcase. And <laughs> I love it because it's nimble. I can just get off the plane and go. I don't have to stop and wait for uh, for the luggage to be taken off the plane or any of that kind of stuff. I can just be on my way. I can carry it myself. I don't have to wait for somebody to help me, all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that I read, I think it was in the four hour work week, mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss, um, you know, and he talks a lot about simplifying things. And, and one of the things that he said was just expect that you're going to have to buy things there. You know, if you yeah. forget your toothbrush, so just buy another toothbrush. Like it's, it's right. not, you don't have to have um, such a hold on objects um, in that way, right? Like you can you can actually let go of things and it's okay because more will come yeah. into your life. 
<laughs> so when you retired, I'm curious about this. So when you retired, did you retire based on kind of a simplified version of the life that you had been living? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. So when, um, when I had my country song year, I was living in this big, um, four level split acreage. So it was a beautiful home, couple acres just outside of town, big, beautiful yard, all of that kind of stuff. And it was supposed to be our dream home. And we lived yeah. there for a year when my husband left and I, I stayed there for another year, just thinking, well, this is my house. This is my space. This is where I'm at. I, you know, this is my life. Yeah. And I would drive home every day from work and get the kids and be stressed out. Cause I'm like, oh, okay, now I've got to cook the dinner and get them to their lessons and do all of the things. Oh, and I have to cut the grass. Oh, and I have to <laughs> maintain the garden. Oh, I have to, you know, shovel this giant driveway or whatever it happened to be. And all of it just felt like work. I'm like, this yeah. is not what I want my life to be. And so in that full Marie Kondo, it wasn't just the stuff that I got rid of. I actually left the house and I rented a little duplex in town and moved my kids and I, and we just, we only took the things that we loved and the things that I used all the time and completely simplified everything. So now I was, I went from this big, beautiful acreage to a rental house, a duplex that was attached. Yeah. <laughs> and people were like, well, what are you doing? You know, why you're taking a step backwards. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I have bought myself so much freedom because now I didn't yes. have to pay property taxes. I didn't have to pay homeowner's insurance. If the dishwasher broke, my landlord would fix it. It wasn't my responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I had to kind of market it to my kids because they were used to this big yard. And so when we first moved in, we dropped a few things off. And then I said to them, hey, guys, there's there's a park at the end of this street. And it has the best climbing trees in the city. Like, let's go find the very best one. And so we went and we found the best climbing tree. And I told them, isn't this great? Like, we get to come here all the time and friends will always be around. And, you know, there's always people in the park and mom doesn't have to cut the grass. Like, we can just show up. We don't have to take care of it. <laughs> isn't that yeah. awesome, right? And so it was just getting into that mindset where we didn't lose anything. We gained so much time and energy and money on yes. things that weren't lighting us up anyway. Yeah. I, I love that you said that because I think that is so prevalent in our society and in this generation where people are looking like the only forms of success are more. Yes. And owning. So if you things. have, yeah, yeah, if you own and have more then you're successful. Yeah. But then, like you said, owning and having more and being someone who's flying solo mm -hmm. is a lot of work <laughs> <laughs> because then you have to be the one who's doing, like you said, like the yard maintenance and, you know, pick up and drop off and making all the meals and, you know, and it becomes a lot. And it's like, you know, it's it kind of takes away from having this big, beautiful place if all you're doing is maintaining it. Yes, exactly. And the more the, you know, the mm -hmm. more space you have, the more stuff you end up having to fill that space. Right. Right. And that it just wasn't what I wanted in my life anymore. So mm -hmm. I actually I think we lived in the duplex for about a year and I was able to walk to work. I was still working at that time. So I didn't have yeah. parking costs or vehicle maintenance or gas and all of that. And I could change my schedule a little bit at work so I could meet my kids 
on the school bus before and after school. So they didn't have before and after school daycare costs anymore. So I was freeing up as much money (laughs) and energy as possible. Right. And then I could use that, that excess to fund things that I loved and to also invest, right. So that I didn't have to work as hard at a job that I didn't really love anymore. Yeah. Okay. So then, so then you found new ways of being creative with that money and with that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things I did, I ended up buying a house and, you know, I I stayed in my duplex for about a year renting just because I wanted to figure out where do I want to be? What kind of home do I want to have? And then I wasn't rushing out to go and buy something that wasn't going to be the right fit, right? I had a great right. realtor who kind of took me under his wing and we looked at all kinds of places and ended up finding the house that I'm in now. And I again, I found it intentionally because I wanted something that had a rental income. So my house okay. now has a suite. Um, it's kind of like a mother-in-law suite. It's attached to the house, um, but it's separate. And I can rent that out. So I rent it out on Airbnb. Sometimes I have longer term renters and that suite pays for my mortgage. Awesome. So now again, I don't have to work as hard because I've diversified where my income comes from. So if I lost my job, I could still keep my house. If, you know, an investment didn't work out, I could still keep my house. (laughs) Okay, so let me ask you a question. Yeah. So this is all coming from, you know, obviously you were financially savvy prior to this to okay that face was like (laughs) (laughs) took me a little bit by surprise because I'm thinking to myself I would be like oh my gosh that sounds amazing but I don't have the money to do that yeah well that's exactly where I was at right I was going from okay a double income to a single income And I mean, I didn't really pay much attention to money over time. I mean, my, you know, my upbringing, my parents were very frugal and, you know, money was always a stressor. And so I was, I was a saver. I wasn't a big spender. Um, You know, I didn't have a lot of credit card debt or anything like that. I was fairly responsible with my money, but I didn't know anything about how to make it grow. (laughs) Right. Um, So all of this stuff I had to learn. It was wasn't until my late 30s that I kind of started looking into investing. I didn't ever think that I would own a home by myself. (laughs) You know, as a couple, of course, that makes sense. You know, you get married, you have kids, you buy a house, you do all the things that, you know, are supposed to make you successful in life. But you're doing that as a team. I never in my life thought, well, I could just do that myself. Um, Mm -hmm. So I had to learn all of this stuff. Like I did not come from a financial background. I didn't go to university. Uh, I went to a local college and I took travel and tourism in school <laughs> because that's what I loved. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm 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 loving this story even more now because I'm thinking to myself, like you didn't have all of the accoutrements to go with like, well, I was a financial advisor and then I became this. And at all. it was like, no, you figured it out. Yeah. No, I'm just a regular person, <laughs> you know, shops at Costco. And <laughs> yeah, I didn't know any of this stuff, but I, I learned to kind of navigate through the norms, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. the financial system is, it's, it feels very complicated. Yes. Right? And I feel like it's 
it's meant to feel complicated to keep people out, you know, so questioning things, whereas I'm like, but I want to actually know some of these things. So I was just um, putting together a masterclass on um, finding companies to invest in based on your values. Right. So instead of looking at or, you know, reading the Wall Street Journal and listening to stock tips from old white guys in suits uh, (laughs) or paying paying investment advisors to put your money where you have no idea what it's actually doing. um, I learned how to invest based on what was actually important to me. And then I would pay attention to it. Right. And then I would start I would be excited about learning more about companies and how they work and how the stock market works and, you know, being able to put it into terms that even I could understand. Yes. (laughs) Right. Because I always feel like the financial um, institution as a whole, it sort of talks down to regular people, you know, not in that club. You're not supposed to understand it. Just trust me and we'll take your money and we'll do our things with it. Well, yeah. I mean, look at how that's turned out (laughs) Right. over and over again. Where for me, I wanted to have control over where my money was going. And so, you know, owning a home was one way I could control that. Investing in companies that I have some kind of affiliation with, you know, whether it's a place that I shop at, um, it's products that I use. I already, I know something about the company. I've already invested my money there as a consumer. So let's look at it the opposite way and let's look at it as an owner. Right. So these are all things that that I've figured out. And again, I'm not smarter than anybody else. (laughs) I am not educated in, you know, financial planning and all of that kind of stuff. I just know what has worked for me and Mm -hmm. being able to simplify that um, to teach others or to, to give others the confidence that they can figure it out, too, has been huge. It's been so gratifying. Yeah. To do that. Now. What, if anything, did your mindset play into really creating this life? Oh, you know, for so many years, and I think this is a story that is so relatable to many women, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, especially is, you know, you're kind of told your whole life what makes a success, what makes a successful life. Yeah. And I've, I've done all the those things. And I've been the rule follower. And still, you know, even though I did everything right, as you're supposed to in life, even still, my husband left me. Mm. And then, you know, family members died. And, you know, my job wasn't turning out the way it was promised to be and all of those sorts of things. And I just realized, you know, that's a crock. (laughs) Yeah. And so I had to shift my mindset from, you know, just, okay, well, I play by the rules and and the rules will take care of me and this company will take care of me and this husband will take care of me and this, you know, this family will take care of me. And it's like, no, I need to take care of myself, right? And so it was really yeah. getting into, and I've always been a fairly independent person, but knowing that there was nobody to save me <laughs> yeah, put me into that mindset of how can I save myself or who do I need to be? to save myself. Who do I need to be to save myself? Yeah. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, and it's played a big part in my life. I have a friend 
who I meet people really randomly in life. Yeah. <laughs> I met this friend over a mechanical bull in North Carolina. <laughs> that sounds like quite the story, Wendy. <laughs> I'm, oh, yeah, that's another story for another day. <laughs> but I went to visit her for a weekend and she said, okay, by the end of this weekend, you need to name mm-hmm. your inner child. And, you know, or kind of your alter ego. And she had her name for, for one. And I'm like, well, what is, you know, what does that even mean? You know? Yeah. And, but by the end of the weekend, the name Violet popped into my head and it was like, I can channel Violet whenever I'm unsure about something, right? Violet's the confident one. Violet wears the dress. Violet, (laughs) no, she speaks her mind. She does all of these things. And so I can kind of blame things on Violet. (laughs) (laughs) so even just having that sort of alter ego where you can feel like you're that person and sort of embody that that power um, and that confidence even for a short time really really helps to get you out of that sort of victim mindset and okay well woe is me and I'm a terrible person or I'm not smart enough or anything like that and it's like no 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 Violet can do these things yeah. So Violet can do them. So can I. Yeah. You know what? It's so funny because I've just literally I've been recording podcast episodes today and the the theme seems to be very similar, which is I find always find interesting. Yeah, I love that. And it's really like, you know, making that decision that you're you are not going to be defined by your circumstances. And there's always a way out. And I talked about health in the last podcast. And now we're talking about, you know, our life and money, which really is very similar in some senses. It's just coming from a different angle. But I just find it so fascinating because so often we fall victim to our circumstances and to this woe is me and look, you know, I've been dealt this bad hand or things have not gone well. And I have to say, like, you know, I raise my hand I say guilty as charged. Um, I've done that a lot. Like I did that for a good part of my life without even really knowing that I was doing it. Yeah. Like I just really legitimately thought bad things were happening. Yeah. And I was like, things are always happening. And why are things happening? And like, you know, and I would kind of run to the safety of others Mm -hmm. as much as I could. Um, creating codependency in relationships, mm-hmm. uh, both with friends, intimate relationships, my family, and uh, and then not really learning how to take care of myself or owning things for myself. What what do you tell someone who finds themselves in that position? Ooh. So I've got a great example, actually. <laughs> so being <laughs> okay, a great. single lady. <laughs> Yeah, I look at dating, right? And I I look at investing is very similar to dating. Um, And again, I was just talking about this in my my masterclass around, you know, you got to get through all the frogs (laughs) so that you can find your prince. Um, It's the same thing in in looking for companies to invest in. But um, one of the things that I looked at in dating, because I would do the same thing, right? I would find the same types of men and, you know, kind of attract the same 
types of men over and over and over again. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I, I feel yeah. like I've changed so much. I've evolved. I've done all of these things. And yet I'm still not finding that person. Um, and I started thinking about who I was attracted to, first of all. So let's, you know, look at dating apps as the example. So I found this person that I was attracted to on this dating app. And I'm like, what was it about him that I was attracted to? Well, he was fit. Uh, you know, he seemed to take good care of himself. He seemed to be a good parent. Um, he kind of had his life together. <laughs> yeah. Right. He had a, a good job. He had a, you know, good values around, around money and all of that kind of stuff. And this was all stuff that I just picked up from his dating profile. I didn't actually meet the man. Yeah. But then I started looking at what would he be attracted to? Because at the time I was not that. <laughs> Right. So when I looked at who do I need to be in order mm -hmm. to attract someone like that, that I am attracted to. Right. Yes. So I wanted to be with somebody who was healthy and strong. Therefore, I need to be healthy and strong. Mm -hmm. right? I wanted to be with somebody that had their financial house in order. Therefore, <laughs> I needed to have my financial house in order. Right. Mm -hmm. It was doing that kind of exercise. Um, and it's not just for, for relationships and dating, right. But it's like, what, what kind of energy am I attracting back to myself? If I'm, yeah. if I'm sitting in this, well, I need someone to take care of me mode, mm -hmm. then I'm going to get the people and the energy and the things that are not going to help me get out of that mode. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. I absolutely, I absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's acknowledging that you have to shift how you see yourself yeah. and also work towards becoming who that person is. Yeah, absolutely. And that I would imagine takes like small incremental steps, right? Like it's not a just like, boom, there I am. I'm magically this new person. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of practice that goes into it. Again, yeah. having that alter ego really helps, helps you sort of step in and try it out for a little while and see how it feels to be that person for a little bit. Right? Yeah, kind of embody that um, that mentality for a little while, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, there are all kinds of things. Even when we were talking about simplifying, right, and getting rid of that hoodie that I'm never going to fix. Well, what do I already own that makes me feel really good? You know, yes. how do I right. start showing up in those things? Um, yeah, and and work them into my wardrobe more often because as soon as I put on the clothes that make me feel good, I'm automatically going to stand up straighter. Right. Yeah. Which automatically will make me look like I've lost 10 pounds. My posture is better. Therefore I'm going to attract <laughs> somebody that appreciates that. Whereas if yeah. you know, I'm wearing a dumpy hoodie that's got holes in it that, you know, is stained and everything else. And I'm just going to be hunched over and, you know, looking yeah. like a victim, people are going to treat me like one. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny today. I went for a walk and, um, I go in these trails and often there's not many people during the day yeah. there. And so I'm with the dog and uh, I wear these, <laughs> these God awful sweatpants. <laughs> and in the winter I have fleece pants that I wear because it's cold. Yeah. So, you know, it, you know, we're up in the Northern climate as you know, cause you're similar Northern climate. Yeah. And I literally tuck these, um, sweatpants into my boots that are also not cute because they're my walking in the trail boots. Mm -hmm. I wear my winter coat that is for the trail 
not the one I wear out. Mm-hmm. And I basically, other than the fact that I had my hair done and that, because I was going to get on recording podcasts today, I pretty much looked homeless. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I come across this man that I see often. Mm-hmm. Now he's probably my age and I wasn't, now I wasn't particularly attracted to him or anything. But after I walked by, I thought to myself, isn't this something, eh? Like you think that you're going to be able to fly under the radar. Mm -hmm. Who cares what I wear? Who cares what I do? I'm just going to show up like this or whatever. And then afterwards I thought to myself, man, like what if the, what if that was like literally the only person I see and I would keep wearing that and keep doing that and keep showing up that way. And it, it reminded me that I don't have to. Now I like to, because I get muddy and dirty and I don't really want to ruin every nice article of clothing I have and my dog still jumps up on me and she did rip my jacket and I had to patch it and I don't want to wear my nice one. Um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I do do the things I do. But as I'm talking to you now and I'm thinking about all of the things and I'm pretty, I really do get rid of a lot, but things that I've kept for, I don't know why, like, oh, I got that on a trip, so I should keep it even though I don't wear it. Or I, um, you know, and it's kind of like, it's really reminding me to go back to the basics and go, what do I really want? Yes. And I get to redefine that as time goes on. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's like this now, but like, you know, for you, when you, when you got um, divorced and you moved into the townhouse, what worked for you for that year changed and you had to reevaluate. Absolutely. I mean, when I look at, um, you know, kind of defining who I am and what's important to me, you know, I mm-hmm. look at, well, what do I want necessarily? You know, mm-hmm. what things do I want in my life? It's more, what do I want my life to feel like? Yeah. Right. And for me, I was so stressed out. <laughs> all the time and working so hard and trying so hard to be the perfect mom, the perfect employee, you know, the perfect neighbor, all of the things. And what I really just wanted was simplicity. So I was really hung up on that feeling more than what does that look like in tangible things. Yeah. Right. So for me, simplicity was being able to lock my door and go on vacation if the opportunity arose or, you know, being able to say yes to some great experience because I didn't have a hundred other things on my to-do list or being able to go out on this great date and know that I had something awesome to wear that I'd feel great in, you know, that to me was simplicity. So it was less about the actual things, you know, that I need a little black dress and I need a red jacket and I need, you know, flats or high heels or whatever, you know, I didn't have a laundry list of things that I needed. It was more, do I have the things that are going to make my life feel simple? Mm. Right. Yes. Yeah. That was the joyful thing was a big deal too. You know, looking at, I wanted things to be simple so that I could recognize more joy in my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I added it to my to-do list at one point (laughs) and I thought, you know, I'm just not enjoying life. I need to start um, adding, you know, I need, I needed to start adding, create joy 
on my to-do list. Like, yeah, I'm going to create some joy. Yeah. And I went forth (laughs) ready to conquer and I would walk to work and I'd be like, okay, where's the joy? Where's the joy today? I need to create it. And then it just became another thing on my to-do list where it was just another responsibility and it stressed me out even more. Yeah. <laughs> like I got to the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I didn't create any joy today. So <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> right? So instead I shifted it. Instead of creating joy, I'm like, no, yeah. every day I'm going to notice some joy. And just changing that one little word mm-hmm. changed everything because noticing joy could be drinking some cold water and, you know, feeling that little tickle go down your throat. Oh, that is such a good feeling. Right? Or, yeah. you know, petting your dog and having them just mm-hmm. look at you all lovey-dovey or yeah. giving your kid a hug or, you know, seeing the first flower bloom after a long winter. <laughs> yeah. So those are things where you can notice the joy. You didn't have to create it. You didn't have to do anything, but just noticing those little things brings you back to the present moment and helps you be grateful for all of the great things that you already do have in your life. Yes. Right? And then that really shifts so many things. And you're not coming from a place of lack. Um, you're not coming from, you know, I don't have all of these things. I need to buy all of these things. I need to own all of these things. It's, well, I get to notice that. How many other people just walked right on by? Yeah. I get to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Again, we were talking about joy in the last conversation too. It's very synchronous, synchronous. I don't know what the word is. Synchronistic. I don't know. Um, Of serendipitous. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever it is. Um, And I'm just thinking, which is obviously the theme of like, you know, I always find, generally speaking, you know, I'm recording this podcast. Anybody who listens to this knows. Um, a lot of this is for me. Mm. Like people get to listen in on these conversations and I really hope that it helps you <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> but at the end of the day, this is for me. <laughs> no, I'm Love just it. joking. I mean, it really is. But <laughs> I say it is and it really is. Love the honesty, Andrea. <laughs> I mean, because I, I figure when else do you actually get to talk to people in their zone of genius that they're telling you all of the like the the highlight points of the things that they're passionate about yeah and I get to like think about that as they're talking and be like what do I need to do how do I need to shift like what is that thing that is next for me and I always approach it in the way of going yeah yeah okay now where do I take this like from here like what is my big takeaway from from this you know and seeing how courageous you were in realizing that you wanted something different and you were you were going to do it and you were going to and I feel like I'm at that place in my own life right now where I'm at that crossroads where I'm like okay there's some more new steps need to be taken mm-hmm. and I love how you've defined how we can live in a way that feels really good and look for that first yeah. and then how does that look in tangible things mm-hmm. And then, like you said, create from that, Absolutely. you know, create from that place. Yeah. I mean, we were talking um, a little while just before we started recording the podcast episode around kind of, you know, these these questions. Like, what do you ask yourself? How do you change your spending? How do you stop spending on all of these things that don't actually yeah. matter? Whether it's your time, your money, your energy. Um, yeah. How do you do that? And so I have these three questions 
that up. Yeah, please share them. <laughs> so the first one, so if you're buying something, for example, or, you know, you're looking at, do I want to get rid of this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, what does it offer to my life? Right. So the first question is, did I receive fulfillment, satisfaction and value in proportion to the money that I've spent? Ooh, that's good. Right. Like, was it worth it? Satisfaction and value. Yeah. So and for me, an example of that would be like a pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably eight bucks now. <laughs> yeah. Probably. For a pumpkin spice it's probably 18 by oh, now. God, who knows? <laughs> um, Super size venti. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if I look at that, you know, was this $8, $10, whatever, pumpkin spice latte, did I receive the fulfillment, satisfaction, and value in proportion to that $10? Yeah. And in some cases, the answer is yes. Right. Maybe I've gone to Starbucks and brought my laptop and I sat there for two and a half hours and I did a bunch of work and I enjoyed my drink and I used their bathroom and I used their Wi-Fi. And that was that was worth it. Right. I got to get out among the people. (laughs) Right. You know, see some other for eight dollars. Exactly. For eight dollars. That was a good value. Right. And sometimes it's not because sometimes it's, you know, if you're just going to buy it because everybody else has one in their hand. And, you know, this is just what you do on the way into work, then maybe not. Right. So just asking that question first is that's a good question. It's a game changer. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is, is this expenditure aligned with my values and life purpose? Hmm. So an example there and let's look at time. For example, so instead of money, let's shift over to time. So when I was living in this acreage and life was crazy busy and I was working and we had my son, my oldest son was signed up for Taekwondo lessons. We would go every Wednesday and Saturday morning, Wednesday evening, Saturday morning. So Wednesday I would rush home from work, grab the kids from daycare, feed them really, really quickly because we had to be on the road. We had to be there by like five 30 or something ridiculous. And the one day we were running around like crazy people. I'm yelling at them, get your shoes. You know, we've got to eat and do the things. And, you know, I'm frazzled. I'm frustrated. I'm yelling. They're crying. And I just, I looked at my, my poor little boy's face and he just, he sat down on the steps and he's crying his eyes out. And I'm just like, why are we even doing this? <laughs> and I was like, do you actually want to go to Taekwondo? He's like, no. It just makes everybody mad. And I'm like, oh no, that is not why we signed you up in the first place. That is not in alignment right. with what I want my life to feel like. I don't want my kids yeah. to feel like their activities are a burden and a stress and a responsibility. I want them to feel excited to be able to go and do these fun things. Yeah. So, I mean, we sat on the steps and we both cried for a little bit. I think we had popcorn for dinner and we said, we're not going to Taekwondo today. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And then we shifted things. So, I mean, he still had him in Taekwondo. We just went on Saturday mornings instead of Saturdays and Wednesdays because it was hard. Right. So that was still in alignment with, with my values and the vision that I had for our life, but we just shifted it into a little bit of a different way. That's awesome. Okay. What's the third one? Okay. So the third one was a big game changer for me. Yeah. How might this expenditure change if I didn't have to work for a living? Okay. How would this expenditure change if I didn't have to work for a living? 
So would I go out and buy those fancy shoes or that jacket to wear to the meeting or this vehicle to, you know, show that I'm successful or, you know, all of those sorts of things. What would change if I didn't have to work for a living? Would I actually need to spend this money? Yeah. So that was a big one for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And I actually have on my website, um, there's a calculator. It's called your true hourly wage calculator. Yeah. And what this does is shows you how much you spend in order to have the job that you have. So whether it's time or money, um, yeah, it shows you all of these things. So when I looked at what my typical day was in the workforce, and again, I'm not anti-job <laughs> at <Yeah>. all. <laughs> People need to make a living, but my whole thing is I want you to make a living doing things that you love because yeah, life is finite. You only have so many, so many days and hours and years. Um, so make them good. And I would look at what my day looked like. And, you know, I would get up early, earlier than everybody else so that I could get ready, um, mm-hmm. you know, do my hair, do my makeup, have the right clothes, the right costume to to wear to work, get the kids uh, fed quickly, <laughs> get them off to the day home and drive into work. I had about a half hour commute each way, park the car, you know, stop and grab my Starbucks on the way in because that's what you do. Go into work you know, work for a while and then go for lunch with a coworker so you can catch up on all the office gossip. Then, you know, work some more in the afternoon. And then by the end of the day, I'm just fried and I don't feel like cooking a healthy meal for my family. So I'll grab some takeout on the way home <laughs> and I'll feed them, get them sorted out. And then finally have like two hours to myself to sit in front of Netflix or my phone and just scroll and start dreaming about this two week vacation where I actually get to live my life and enjoy things. Um, and, you know, have a glass or more of wine and just sort of chill out and then go to sleep so that I can do it all again the next day. Well, this calculator shows what the cost is of all of those things. Right. And so you can plug in your own numbers to see what it costs for you. What are your commuting costs? What are your, your sort of getting ready costs? What are all of the extras that you put into place? And so if you're making a good wage at this job, so say I made $50 an hour at this corporate job and then had all of these inputs. So not just the money that I spent on the clothes, but the time it took to shop for them, to, um, you know, put them on, to dress, to, to commute, to do all of those things that all has a cost. Yeah. You know, that's things that I wouldn't be able to do otherwise, <laughs> or I could be doing other things instead yeah. of doing that, right? So it's kind of the the unpaid hours of your work. And so when I looked at this for myself at this example, my $50 an hour job, I actually only made $10 an hour. Wow. Right? And that put so many things into perspective and getting back to that third question, how might this expense change if I didn't have to work for a living? That's where I could start mm-hmm. making some decisions and start changing the things that I was spending time and money on that didn't actually um, enhance my life at all. So right. when I moved to the duplex and was able to walk to work, my commute time went from driving for 30 minutes, parking the car, having all of the fuel costs to an eight minute walk in the sunshine. Right. Yeah, so, that makes a huge difference. Right. So automatically, just by yeah. doing that one thing, I increased mm-hmm. my true hourly wage. 
Yeah. Right. So now I was keeping more of my money because I changed some of the things that I no longer had to do that, you know, nobody actually has to do. It's a choice. You can choose where you're living. You can choose, you know, are you, do you own a Ferrari or do you take the bus, right? Like you can choose a lot of these things and people forget to have a choice. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is, is, you know, get caught up in what are other people going to think about our choices um, versus really just making a decision. How do you want to live? And, and what does that look like for you? And I've been thinking a lot about, you know, getting ready to buy a new car pretty soon. I'll need a new car. And my decision for a new car here versus where else I would have lived before when I was living downtown Toronto, mm-hmm. I remember thinking, I'll keep my car until it dies because while I'm living in Toronto, I don't need one. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't need to pay for the parking. If I don't need to, I can take transit. If I have to go somewhere, I can rent one. Mm-hmm. And so I really kind of lived out of that premise, like my car is paid off, so don't buy a new one. Use it when you need to. Um but I have the same car now and I'm up in the north and I can't travel as much with that car Yeah, because it's older. So it served me mm-hmm. in the life I lived there really well. It was exactly what I needed there. In my life here, it is not the car I need <laughs> it because like, I'm always worried, like, am I, you know, what is the weather going to be like? And can I go anywhere? And oh my gosh, I can't travel anywhere because my car doesn't have, you know, the right tires and like just different things like that. And so it's, it's interesting how you kind of have to like really gauge like what is necessary for what I need. And if I was just to look back at going and living downtown again, it's like, well, do I want to go live back downtown? Like, is that really what I want? Or, you know, what are the things that I really desire here or elsewhere to create what I would, what I really would want? Absolutely. So you've got really some great questions and I'm going to, I'm going to write those down. And um, of course I'll put them in the show notes because then people can see them and access them and be like, and ask those questions for themselves. Um, This has been very enlightening, Wendy. Very, very. Where can people find you and how can they work with you? Absolutely. So you can find me on my website. It's just wendyverway.com. I'm also on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, all the places. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I've got, a number of ways to work with me. I've got some free resources on my website. So you can find that true hourly wage calculator. Um, I've got some things about investing, uh, some things just on how to earn, um, how to earn, spend and invest according to your values. Um, and I also do one-on-one consultations with people, you know, just looking for ideas, ways to brainstorm, you know, whether it's ways to make money that line up with your values. Um or just, you know, doing some kind of mindset shift to see, you know, what do you actually want your life to feel like? And let's put a plan in place to get you there. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, I have one last question for you. What is your next brave step? That is a hard one. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've, I've been having a hard time answering that question, to be honest. Um, Because again, I've, I've done all of the things that I've set out to do. Um, I think this, at this stage in my life, I've gotten to the point where I'm not making any big plans 
I just want to keep myself open to whatever abundance is kind of coming my way because I know it, I know it's coming. It feels big. I don't know exactly what it looks like yet. So I'm kind of afraid to define it. <laughs> is that a copy? All right. Hey, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're living in the flow. Absolutely. That's your brave step. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, well, that's the, a hard thing to, uh, to yeah. trust, right? And have some faith that the next thing. 100%. I, I definitely agree. Oh, yeah. Trust and surrender. That's the whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on the on the on the easy for me to say. Thank you for being on the podcast today, and um, I hope we can talk again soon. Absolutely, thank you for having me. I think those three questions that Wendy left us with are a real game changer for me, and I know that I'm going to apply them to my own life and business moving forward. As I mentioned earlier, I really want to simplify how I am living, how I'm spending, and really start to enjoy the things that I love versus trying to do all of the things. And I would love to know what your big takeaway is from this episode and how you are going to take that next brave step in your own life. So thank you, Wendy, for being on the show and thank you for hanging out with us today. Make sure to connect with us. And until next time, remember you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of the Courage Cast, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a rating and review. And while you're there, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Original music and production by Stephen Crowley.